the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Back to a Monday again. We get to do it all over this week here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Here in the first segment, I'm going to spend a little time talking about the weather because it's going to get awful soggy before this week is over with. I'll tell you why in just a moment. But I will let you know that in the studio, Iverson Jackson, Paul Calvert, and R.D. Hopper are there. I don't know if Wayne Beach has made it in. Wayne Beach is here. Okay, so everybody is in and accounted for Jane or Jane. Jan won't be with us until... um, Probably the end of September, because guys will be off as a, as a group uh, during most of September because we got Labor Day on the seventh, and I'm on vacation on the fourteenth and the twenty-first. So you guys get three weeks off, but oh, wow. uh, Jan basically is going to take. I think it looks like about five weeks. Hopefully, by the time we would come back on the twenty-eighth, uh, we should. Uh, have uh, Mevo back up with uh, some internet, I'm hoping, and be back on Facebook Live. It's been pretty uh, pretty sad that we can't get back on Facebook Live yet, but as I told everybody last week, uh, our group, our network, Salem Network, the most conservative network on radio, uh, took a huge, huge... Uh, attack uh, by a hacker, and it caused a lot of problems. Uh, They were able to plant a couple of worms, and uh, those have now been uh, knocked out of of work, and and now they're rebuilding feverishly as we speak. Uh, But uh, just to protect us a little bit more, uh, Salem has asked us not to do much on the Internet, as you can all probably uh, well imagine why that is. So before we really get going this morning, let me talk a little bit about the weather with everybody. Uh, just know that today is going to be sunny and hot. It's going to be a repeat of what we've had for the last few days. It's going to be 95 today. It's going to feel like it's 104 outside. Chances of rain, about 3%. Uh, lots of blue sky out, so if you're a sun worshiper, it's going to be your kind of day, to be honest with you. The UV index today will be 9 again. All weekend it's been in the 9. But there's changes on the way. I'm sure you've all heard on the uh, the news that we have two hurricanes out in the Gulf. One is called Marco. Uh, the other is... 
but it's called Laura. I think it would have been so good if they would have called one Marco and the other Polo, Polo. but they didn't. And it's Marco and Laura. Uh, Marco will run a non-traditional hurricane path. It's going to uh, make landfall sometime Wednesday night, early Thursday, and uh, head to the left. It's going to take a left-hand turn, run along the Louisiana coast by New Orleans and then western Louisiana and then into Texas, which, uh, depending on how strong it is, although what I'm reading is it's going to be like a a Category 1. As it gets into Texas, it's going to bring uh, some copious amounts of rain, and that would put it over the, uh, the Houston area. Now, Laura who is sitting down to the south right now, uh, a little bit south of Cuba, uh, is uh, following a more traditional hurricane path that we're all used to seeing uh, and will come across the Gulf and strike uh, uh, New Orleans on Thursday late. Right now, they're not they're not knowing what Laura is going to do strength wise. It's got it's it's moving quickly. I'll let you know that the faster it moves, the better, because less time that it has to sit over the warm water of the Gulf and build uh, steam. But it's going to come over uh, the uh, Louisiana, come up into Arkansas then start making a right-hand turn, go across southern Missouri and then into the Ohio Valley and onwards to the east coast, and with it bringing a lot of rain. Um, From what I've been able to ascertain thus far, looking at the meteorologists, they're saying that we can expect from probably Thursday through Friday anywhere from 4 to 8 inches of rain. Oh, wow. So a lot of moisture coming our way, and with all that moisture, it comes flash flooding and all the rest. We'll keep you uh, up to date on all of that right here on 101.1 FM. Uh, The answer, of course, we're tied into our partners, Channel 7. Uh, If it gets really dicey at any time, we'll take them live on the air so that you can stay up to date. I mean, if this starts spawning any kind of tornado uh, activity or something so like usually, that. Usually there's some straight line winds with that as well, isn't there? Well, it's a hurricane. Some, well, I mean, even even up here. Yeah, well, least. yeah, I so mean. I, I may try to get my sailboat out and see if I can go go sailing in one of these hurricanes oh, good, in Arkansas. Good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, if there's going to be a 100-mile-an-hour no, uh, wind no, no, shears no, no. or something, I would suggest that's not no, a good idea. No, I like about 10 or 15 miles per hour. Well, no, well, you might get some of that, but I'm just saying you might get a whole lot more than what you yeah. anticipate. Just know that Laura, it, nobody knows what kind of punch uh, she's going to uh, pack as she comes up onto, uh, onto land. They don't know, you know, if, like I said, if it slows down, it will grow. If it comes in, I think it was moving at 35, 40 miles an hour as it was approaching Cuba. Uh, if it does that, then it won't have time to, to build up and to, to a category three, four, or five. Probably will stay in a one or a two. Mm-hmm. But still, that's, that's bad enough because, you know, tropical storms, hurricanes, all uh, carry with them a whole 
lot of rain. Now, for us here in Arkansas, we that's not too bad. We need it, but I don't know if we need eight inches. You know yeah, what I'm be, saying? That'd be a pretty good sock. Yeah, well, you got all the dry land that it hit the dry land, and it'll slough right off, and mm-hmm. that means flash flooding that'll drive us all crazy. So that's what to look forward this week. Uh, the chances of rain until Wednesday are zero to non-existent. When you get to Wednesday, they hit about 40%. Thursday, 83%. Friday, 65%. So they're, they're looking for Laura to move pretty quickly uh, across uh, Arkansas and into the Ohio Valley. With that all said, let's get our first break in 14 minutes after 6. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer with the power panel. We'll be back. We'll talk the RNC when we return. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, let's talk with the power panel now. Uh, Iverson is in the studio. Wayne Beach is in the studio, as well as R.D. Hopper and Paul Calvert, our uh, sailing aficionado. <laughs> uh, he is there as well, and they're ready to talk. And um, I was was sitting here listening to them during the break. I can't talk to, because of the way the system is set up. I can't talk to them during the break, but I do listen in to what they're talking about. So I, I send emails and text <laughs> messages to let them know, I got, you know, if I have answers to some of the things that they're talking about. If I were there, I would be in the conversation. Uh, RJ, you brought up that you said you hadn't heard anything from uh, Lieutenant Governor. I can tell you Lieutenant Governor has his own legislation that he wants to bring out and he wants to talk about and that's coming up fairly shortly i don't know if it'll be this this week or not i think he's letting the governor uh you know play his hand out in front of uh the folks uh with the um, the hate crime legislation that he brought forth uh, last week and that uh, leslie rutledge got firmly behind she's she's uh, riding behind uh, the governor on that she was very adamant she's a hundred percent behind it uh she made that statement and i i told you guys about this that she made the statement that uh, not we would have enhanced uh, law for hate crimes and uh one of the one and, and the most ridiculous thing that she said during her time was enhanced Justice. There is no such thing as enhanced justice. From our as attorney there, general. As, as, as there is no such thing as, I think, enhanced law. So maybe you, you either have laws that are passed or you don't. Maybe it's enhanced you, equality. And you either have justice or you don't. It's, it's that, that simple. And she's fallen for that uh, uh, progressive lie that's out there. And a lot of Americans have. Because, you know, it sounds so nice. It sounds good. It makes your heart feel good. See, we're going to stand up for the people whom we feel are weak. In other words, they're, they're, they're in the, the, I'm not saying that they're weak people. I'm saying uh, in, when you look at them in uh, our, our communities and things, they're, they're the weaker people. And just like women were looked at as, uh, you know, weaker people back in the day, it, it's, it's just crazy. It's absolutely I, nuts. I tell you what, this current administration at the Capitol better watch passing hate crimes 
because anytime anyone opposes anything that their consultant said would benefit their political position in life, anytime anybody opposes that, they get hated on like a lot. So if you look at Twitter uh, this weekend, Jim Hendren attacks Jerry Cox and calls him out and and says uh, that uh, that that the things that he said about these hate crime bills are untrue. And then some of the other people came out that are behind, as you said, standing behind the governor was what you said, that attacked Jerry Cox. They called him a charlatan. They said he was trying to oppose this bill to increase his coffers uh, and and uh, to put money in his coffers and that, that, uh, that he was a charlatan. And so uh, I think this administration better be careful calling out hate crimes because we could pull up some stuff in the back not where they've done anything physically to anyone but anytime anybody opposes this administration they get attacked verbally and usually financially well and and it's uh it's crazy about what they're trying to do to be honest because uh it it makes no sense Uh, maybe from jen hendren it does because he'd like to be governor and so he's trying to get his name out there but let's understand something, and, and this has got to be understood by everyone uh, dealing with hate crime legislation. The first time hate crime legislation was tried to be passed in Arkansas was back in the late 90s, and it failed. Now, that's when the legislature was completely controlled by the Democrats. And now they, and then it's been three or four other times uh, that we've seen it raise its head. And uh, like whack-a-mole, we've, uh, you know, hit it on the head and drove it back down in the game. Now it's back. Why they think now is going to make a big difference, I don't know. We're going to whack it again and stop it. It's going to happen again. Uh, Joyce Elliott, uh, who was at the governor's uh, uh, unveiling of this hate crime legislation, which I hope that the governor made uh, uh, an invitation to the sitting congressman from District 2 and didn't let Joyce Elliott come in there and have time in front of the cameras. And she's running directly against uh, our Republican congressman. But he may have. I don't know. But the bottom line, because I can't get straight answers from anybody on that. The bottom line she blamed, and Iverson, did you hear her statement? She blamed and said the last time when she first went into uh, the, uh, uh, I guess, the state house, that was back in 2000, 2001, this came up, and she said, and I, and, and she basically apologized for it, but laid the blame firmly at the feet of the black church. Did you hear her statement about that? Uh, no, I did not. I don't really see any news. So, <laughs> so, no, I did not. But if the blame for the legislation not passing is at the feet of the black church, then I'll kiss their feet. 
<laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying that's what she said. I, I've got that somewhere. I'll see if I can, I can get it and send it into to Heidi so that we can play it. It's just it's kind of hard to understand whenever you hear somebody, uh, and they record it there in the in the rotunda unless it's a direct feed from a malt box. Uh, it, it's got so much echo on it. It's kind of hard, but. You can hear her say it was the black churches that held up uh, this legislation uh, back in uh, 2000, 2001. Uh, She says, I was there at the committees. I was fighting for LGBTQ rights and blah, 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 blah. And the black churches were there and stopped it. So what can I tell you? There you have it. Hey, what Uh, color? You know, when is it going to come to? The time when color doesn't matter. When Jesus comes back. When Jesus That's comes back. Yeah, I agree. When is That's that it. time going to come? You know, I witnessed something this weekend. I saw a group of people in a nonprofit vote to help somebody and spend money to help somebody that was homeless. And I just watched this from afar. Uh, and uh, I saw the, the need go out. I saw the need addressed. And I saw business people and Christians put money and help people mm-hmm. and go through a board and help somebody this weekend. It, it was really a, a cool thing to watch this group do something good. But you know, one thing I realized is the color of this person's skin never came out in the conversation. It was someone that needed help. It was a board of people that was helping them and the board approved the help and they were helped. The person's race or sex or anything else never entered into any conversation yeah. and i just said that was a beautiful thing and i wonder when is our country going to come to that point Iverson? you know i think a lot of uh, uh, and i've stated this before here on the station like when i talk to my children and they're 28 27 21 when they were in high school the two oldest ones now i asked them i said you know what do you guys think about all the color issues and they said daddy we don't think about that and as I said, that's for that's generations that are gone by. And, you know, racism is a learned behavior. It's taught. It's passed on. It's not in anybody's genetic makeup or code. It's a learned behavior. And the more things that we put, uh, you know, codified into our laws that keep reminding us that we are different. Uh, and I said, we're not. It's not different. It's variety. God likes variety. And, and again, nobody's in a different. I have one daughter who works in the medical field, and she said every time the, the nurse sends her to get a pint of blood, they never say go get a pint of black blood or Mexican blood. <laughs> that's or, that's, you know, that's says, a good go point. Get, yeah, go get a positive. That's cool. And they have to look at the age of the donor, the age there. So, but none of it has to do with anything on the outside of the person, where the hair is curly or straight or blonde or old and gray looking like this guy right here <laughs> none of that <laughs> none of that so so you know to to for us to have laws that remind us again that we're different uh, different is good that's right that's different right but, good. The, but sometimes they punish people more because of, of it say they want to punish people more because maybe of the color of their skin or maybe because of their background. But, see, Jerry Cox was attacked and called a charlatan, uh, calling that he's opposed this to increase his coffers, that he makes money off of hate, uh, off of hate and all that stuff. Then you have someone like her saying that she's bringing the race card into yeah. it. I mean, I mean, Joyce Elliott, I've seen her do good things. I don't disrespect Joyce Elliott. But... Uh, Let's leave race out of it. Let's, Let's leave, leave race out of it. Why don't uh, 
if you want equality, then let's take the race yeah, out of it. Yeah, you think about it like this. If, if we do legislation like this, and I've thought about this. I'm, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for 23 years. Okay, so this, for as far as I'm concerned, I know all the politics, but if I'm going to stand in the pulpit and I think of legislation like this right here, if you have a white child, remember, what was it, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, where this man goes over and shoots a five-year-old in the head. Oh. A black man yeah, walks over to his, their neighbors, and he yeah. just shoots, point blank, shoots a five-year-old in the head. Now, the five-year-old was a little white boy. Is his life worth less than if that had been a, if, if the roles had been reversed? If well, it was according, a, according to the media, it, Iverson, it was because nobody covered it. Yeah, hmm. exactly. So yeah, if it so, had been reversed, so the media, what, yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're saying. That that little white child's life is not worth as much as the little black child's life. We've been through I'm that holding up my I'm before. holding up my hands. That means stop. <laughs> Wait a second. We'll take a break for the news. We'll come back. We'll talk more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We continue on the Dave Ellswick Show, and the RNC is getting underway today. Uh, Paul, I sent you a uh, yeah, a, yeah a text. I'm, I'm, you got it. Yeah, I got it. I'm gonna I'm gonna send, I'm gonna ask Kenny about that. Okay, because I know that he had that uh, that audio of Joyce Elliott, and I'll play it for everybody. Again, it's kind of tough to understand, uh, but it's worth a play because you can understand enough of it to know exactly what it is that she's uh, that that she is saying. So the uh, Trump has teased uh, the uh, RNC. Did you hear what he said yesterday? Did you guys hear? He said he was talking to the reporters and he said, I hope you all had a great weekend at your convention. I did see that. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. That's what he <laughs> that, said. And kind of um, a little bit of a cutting. Um, a little bit? Uh, underhanded. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was one of those. Uh, you'd you think it was going to be a backhanded and it ended up being a full slap. I'm just saying. Was it not uh, true? It, well, sure it was true. It was absolutely true. I want to see if political can get out there on Twitter and say as many things good about the RNC as they said about the DNC. I mean, seriously, think about this. All the speakers they thought were fantastic. I mean, they they thought that they were, uh, you know, best thing since canned beer. And uh, as far as when we wanted to know what was going on in the Democrats' minds, uh, and that's hard because it's a, that's a very specious topic that we're talking about at that time. Uh, when you looked at uh, when they were talking policy, it was all infomercials, infomercials on gun control or gun violence, immigration, climate change, racial justice. And it all appeared uh, appealed out there to young and uh, lefties. I mean, that's exactly where they did because they knew that. Typically, uh, the people that are past 45 are not going to pay attention to that crap. How many people over 45 really spend a whole lot of time on YouTube? I don't. I mean, I go to YouTube only Mm -hmm. when there's something there that I really have to go to see. I don't uh, don't subscribe to a bunch of pages and sit on it and watch it over and over. I don't get my news from there. You've got to be kidding me. That was something that was kind of interesting because, like, in years past, the the convention would be on for what two or three hours every night of the convention on on network television, and what would they have it one hour 
an evening? Well, or, the, or t- two hours maybe? The convention at one time, you, you don't remember this because uh, you hadn't been born yet, Paul. <laughs> but it, it used to be that uh, coverage of the convention would be on in the afternoon. It would be on, they'd take a break to have news. And then they go back uh, to the convention so, floor. So four, so six or eight hours a day, huh? Yeah, even more sometimes. Wow. I mean, people really paid attention. Now they don't pay attention. It's hard to hold somebody's attention for, you know, for thirty seconds. To be honest, well, especially what? on a virtual. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, one of the things that I found interesting, you know, they had the um, the homosexual dude on there. You know, it's 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 one thing. For Democrats to say, okay, look, we're not going to make – we're going to tolerate the homosexuals and we're not going to just run them off or hang them or lynch them, whatever it is. But when they embrace homosexuality with such um, vigor, uh, who do they think they're trying to, to attract? Maybe maybe the some of the uh, the um, millennials and, and younger are – or maybe they like that. I don't know, but – is it really that popular? Are, are it there... seems to me, and you guys correct me if you think I'm wrong, but the DNC <laughs> had directed their convention towards women. R- right or wrong? Am I right or am I wrong? Well, I would say toward women uh, somewhat, but way toward the left. Yeah. Way toward the left. And, uh, uh, you know, Freedom is is not part of it. No. Freedom is not part of it. What they're trying to do is frame people. And in politics, people are trying to frame people. These people are trying to frame Jerry Cox this weekend as something that he's not. And people are trying to frame Republicans as people that hate lesbians. Uh, you know, people that, you know, that are racist. We don't we don't like people of color. Of course, we're pink and orange and whatever. I don't know. White people, like you said, has more color than anybody else yeah. does. But uh, but they try to. They're trying to frame Donald Trump as as a hater, as someone that doesn't like minorities, and they're trying to frame him as someone that hates uh, gays working. or lesbians. And uh, so it's about framing people. So they went way to the left. Yeah. And and uh, pointed the finger. The farther left you stand, the Democrats think the worse Republicans look. You know when you when you say uh, I don't want God on my platform, then you get all that's not God, and none of it's good. And so <laughs> that that's might where be a good point th- there. That's, that's where they are. You know, with that, uh, because no one I don't know any anybody that hates someone. Uh, that because they are uh, lesbian or homosexual or anything like that, I'm pretty sure if your family is of any size, everybody has someone that uh, is has that preference in their family or certainly served in the military. We knew that there were people in the military like that, but they did their job and uh, they went on about their business. But when you say everybody has to accept it and not just accept it, but embrace it. And uh, promote it, and you got a different. We got a real problem, right? Because and, and, and one of the things here. is that with when the left starts um, with dealing with some of these, any other issue, right? Because the thing is, they, they don't just want you to not beat them up or not lynch them. They they want you to, to affirm em, them, affirm them, embrace, embrace them, and you know what? What if you have a family business and you don't want somebody around your children working in your in your family business that's a, a flaming homosexual? 
I mean, what if you don't want that? You should be allowed to say, no, I'm not going to hire you and because I, you're a pervert. I think it's also that most people who are of that preference don't want this out front stuff that's going on. They just want to live their life. And freedom is one thing. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Jesus wasn't killed because of freedom. No. <laughs> he was killed, and he wasn't killed because he did some bad things to people. No. He was killed because he wouldn't accept everything that everybody wanted him to accept. He mm-hmm. was killed for what he thought. For what he thought <laughs> is what he was killed for. So, do we see a pattern going here? Yeah. Republicans don't hate anybody. Right, you're Good not going to be accused of being a theologian. I can tell you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, uh, but that's that's what he was. That's what he was killed for. Uh, freedom is something you do in your bedroom. What you want to do. And, and and I'll do in mine. It's a, it's a free country, but you don't. I don't have to accept your lifestyle. You don't have to accept my lifestyle. That's where we're at. But Republicans are not being framed as as the Freedom Party. They're being framed as the Hate Party. And too many times when you see stuff in our state like this weekend, when people are hating on people because they don't agree with their legislation, uh, I, I'm afraid sometimes we give them something to to use against us. Yeah. We do that. Let me read a little something here from James Wilson, who was a Supreme Court justice back in the uh, 18th century. He says, does man exist for the sake of government or is government instituted for the sake of man? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's really, that's not even that's not even a, that's a, not even a, a debatable subject now. <laughs> now it's just the opposite. Just man the opposite. was created for government. And that's what he said. You are told that in order to acquire security, we must surrender the great objects to be secured. So in other words, we give up, we give them freedom. They give us security. And pretty soon we're in a cage. And they said, oh, we have we have you in this cage for your own good. It's a six by six. And uh, we're going to protect you, make sure that nothing happens to you at all. Right. Yeah, they, that's they, they what go, Ben Franklin said. They, yep. they go from that's being basically hired too. security guards, which is what government should be in a free society. They should be basically hired security guards. They are public servants to the point of they are now our masters. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're basically, we, they, 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 they tell us what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And if we disobey, there's potential for, the, for us to be literally locked in cages or, or, or worse. And we gave them the authority to do it. So every time or they simply we give up, it. well, they only take what we give. When we stand idly by and allow things to happen, you know, that's what I call giving. Mm. Whether, you do it, whether you do it by, you know, uh, uh, passively mm. or, okay. you know, directly, you're still just giving up your security. So if we're to be uh, self-governed, mm-hmm. then we have to say something and we have to do something. You can't just allow them we, we for like, your security. We like free stuff. We like yeah, a, we, we like, like soft. Stuff. We like soft living. You know, ha- hatred. Who's going to judge what's hate? Who's going to judge it? Who's, There's who's a, the there, arbiter of that? Hey, uh, up in Fayetteville and Houston and different places, they the city and different uh, the city will they have hate, create a they board. Have, a, have hate czars. They, they'll have a, they'll have a board, <laughs> and, and it'll be like the social justice board or something mm-hmm. like that. So if a uh, a school won't let a boy who wants to identify as a girl in the girl shower. So that makes you a hater. Yeah, yeah. Then, uh, then, and if the school board, do, you know, don't want boys in the girl shower, then they are haters. Then they're haters. And if you know, if someone preaches a sermon in Houston, Texas, that is, yeah. uh, that is, you know, somewhere around in. And you know Romans one thirty, yeah Romans one. <laughs> then if they preach Romans one, then they're haters. 
But uh, or, or what if somebody, you're saying that 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 could happen, or you're saying it did happen? That's, that's happened. Yeah. Well, that's and happened. so so how far are we away from from churches being shut down or maybe raided? We are there with, with SWAT teams because because maybe somebody decides you know what we need to go ahead and use church discipline on this sexual immoral person. Mm-hmm. That's that's a perfectly biblical concept, and. So what if somebody literally ostracizes a member of their congregation because they've engaged in sexual immorality? But it's, well, it's, worse, it's worse than that, Paul. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking they'll send a SWAT team in if you meet, <laughs> and the government says you can't meet. California. Or the government says if you're going to sing, you got to wear a mask. They will sit, send in the police to shut you down. That's much worse than what you're saying. Wow. Did that happen this weekend? Didn't happen this weekend. It happened. It's happened uh, several times over the last several months. Yeah, a little yeah. more. Afraid yeah, Pastor of MacArthur, the, uh, they won their last case in court. Right. Are we more afraid of the government? Or are we more afraid of the virus? The are government? They, are they not the same? <laughs> if no, you don't I, I'm a lot right more now. Of the they government. are. I'm, I'm a lot more afraid of the government than I am the virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm tired of trading freedom for security. You know, I'm tired we, of it. We, we well, have. you know, you know where it's going to end up at uh, RD. That's Franklin exactly told right. us people willing to trade security for or freedom for security will end up with neither. With neither, yeah. That's and true. that's we, where we, we know, are. We know where viruses and plagues end up. You lose, you're going to lose a few people, but you're still free, and and we always overcome it. Even when you lose one third of the population, uh, that's what happened with the, what blue blinding plague. Yeah, you the know. black death. Yeah, the black death. We still survived it, but those governments that get out of control, <laughs> those become harder to survive. Well, and, and, and I think a few weeks ago, Iverson brought up that you know one of the things that you have to do is 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 deal with acceptable losses. And I think that's one of those questions we it's don't life. we don't ask that question often enough. What is acceptable? What, what, is, what, what, how much is freedom worth? What, what are acceptable losses to keep freedom? And I, I think the acceptable losses should be really high, actually, to keep freedom. Freedom's valuable. Yeah, and sometimes there's no gain. I mean, if you look at, at the different states, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah they're, taking, they're taking away liberty, at, and, they, oh, yeah. and they might not be any better off. Yeah, you may be worse off. You might be worse you might off. Be worse you're off. always going to be worse off. Yeah, always. you're going to be worse off. You know, you're talking about acceptable losses. Do you all remember the first Gulf War? How many body bags did we order? A lot. 30,000. Wow. And we said that was an acceptable loss. And it's just, that is the way it works. When you're mm-hmm. planning strategy, mm-hmm. you know, even, <laughs> know what even, you're you know you're going to have losses. Even in business, I was talking to somebody a while back, building large commercial buildings. They actually factor in deaths. Yeah. For some of these large commercial buildings. And it's just an acceptable loss. That's just part of life is that when you're building a multi-million dollar structure, odds are accidents will happen and someone's going to die. It does. It does happen. It's just, the, it's just the life. The arch in St. Louis, seven men fell to their death building the arch in St. Louis. Wow. Only you know, seven. Yeah, only seven. <laughs> I, so, I bet that I mean, was, that I bet that was under the estimate. <laughs> yeah. You know, when hey, I was 16, oh, Dave, go well, ahead. Only five. Only five fell off the Empire State Building while they were building Oh, wow. It. And I heard that was built really fast. Yeah, it was. It was one of the quickest skyscrapers that went up. And who were the major uh, uh, builders on that? Native Americans. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't Okay. Good Let's stuff, take a Dave. break. Got to take a break here. Ten minutes until seven. We'll take a break, then we'll come back. We'll finish the first hour. Woo!
it's gone fast. When we come back, let's talk about what the DNC told us during their convention and what we can expect from the uh, RNC convention that's getting underway today. It's all on our plate as we continue the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, story I've got here, this coming from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, saying that uh, when the Republican National Convention renominates Donald Trump, which it will do today, uh, for President of the United States, the Arkansas original delegation leaders won't be present to cheer him on. Uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson, the initial delegation, uh, delegation chairman, backed out on August 14, saying, quote, I just think it's important as we get ready for school that I stay here in the state during this time of emergency. We'll find out if it's really a time of emergency, as Dan Sullivan's piece of uh, uh, lawsuit uh, proceeds here in the state. Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin, the delegation vice chairman, offered to replace him but was unable to gain admission. Too late. You had to have uh, put the names in by August first. He didn't make that. So this will be the first time that the lieutenant governor has missed a uh, uh, convention in the 21st century. He's been there every year since 2000 rolled around. Here's the folks that will be on the floor when they cast their votes. Uh, In addition to uh, Webb, of course, the uh, Arkansas GOP chairman, the other delegates are Attorney General Leslie Rutledge, Republican National Committeeman Jonathan Barnett of Salem Springs, Republican National Committeewoman Janelle Fulmer of Fort Smith, and J.D. McGee of Hot Springs. Go, J.D. So those are the folks that will be there in uh, the Carolinas to, to, jo- to drop it. There were 2,550 delegates. That's been trimmed down to about 3.30 now. Rather than gathering in the Spectrum Center, Republicans will meet in the Charlotte Convention Center. The election now is fewer than 75 days away. Trump continues to enjoy enormous support among Republicans. So uh, when you looked at the DNC and the people that they were talking to, they were trying to talk to moderates, people trying to make their mind up of who they're going to uh, vote for. And last uh, week, I think I, I made a, a great case about why uh, you should be supporting the president in re-election uh, because you know what you're going to get. Uh, you're going to get a repeat of the first four years in the second four years, and that means jobs, jobs, jobs. That means less uh, uh, regulations. It means uh, taxes will continue to be cut. And people say, how could you continue to cut taxes? Well, you cut taxes when you're building the economy. Mm -hmm. When more people are taking part in the economy, more money comes into the federal government. Go do your homework and check that out. When you raise taxes, you get less economic activity and tax collections go down. I know that seems crazy, but it's the way it goes. The DNC during their week talked about we need to rein in fossil fuels, both uh, 
the vice president and his running mate said that they would get rid of fracking. Guys, take a guess. How many people do you think work in the fracking industry in like Pennsylvania and Texas and Oklahoma and Arkansas and other states? How many people do you think are on the payroll uh, in uh, to push fracking? How many people? Take a guess. Let's start uh, with you, Iverson. You go. Uh, 30,000. Oh, 30,000. How many do you say, R.D.? Uh, 25,000. All right. How about 18 million? Mm-hmm. What? Wow, 18 million oil people work in the oil industry. All right. A break. News is next. Dave Ellswick Shop. If you can remember back uh, to last Monday, and I know that's asking a lot because a lot of water went under the bridge uh, from Tuesday through Sunday. But last Monday, we had the Secretary of State on, John Thurston, along with Leslie uh, uh, Bellamy, the Director of Elections from the Secretary of State's office. And we talked about the initiated acts, which ones were on the ballot, which one weren't. I asked the Secretary of State to come back on this Monday to bring us up to date with what the uh, Supreme Court perhaps has ruled, and uh, because we have to wait for them to tell us if these initiated acts uh, dealing with uh, changing our primary and changing the way we're going to uh, change the districting in the state uh, are constitutional or not. And with us, Gary Sullivan, who is the managing attorney for the Secretary of State, and Leslie Bellamy is back with us, the director of elections. So, Gary, let's start off with you. Where are we now? Because, uh, let's see, we had the uh, we had another initiated act there uh, dealing with uh, casinos. I've understood that's been stricken from the ballot. Is that correct? That is correct. The ballot question committee that was proposing that initiative decided to um, withdraw their challenge to the secretary's finding that they did not have enough signatures to appear on the ballot. So that will definitely not be on the ballot. Okay, that's that's good. However, uh, the two main pieces that we're waiting for, and I know you're waiting, Leslie, because it's you know, it's up to you to get things on the ballot. And it looks like since the Supreme Court has not moved on redistricting nor has made a, a determination uh, on uh, the other initiated act that's sitting out there dealing about primaries, you're going to have to put those on uh, the ballot. And then if the Supreme Court says they're not constitutional, people will vote on them and you just guys won't count the votes. Is that right? Yes, we'll wait for direction from the Supreme Court. Um, You know, generally when this has happened in the past, that's what uh, we'll just suppress those results from showing um, that they will be on the ballot as of now. All 
All right. This gets to be a little irritating, to be honest. Doesn't the Supreme Court, Gary, understand that the people of Arkansas would like to know what's constitution and uh, constitutional and what's unconstitutional that's going on the ballot? I believe that the court does realize that because they have rules in place that require them to expedite any litigation involving initiative acts and referendum. Uh, so they have these two cases before them now, um, the redistricting commission amendment and what's been called the open primaries um, initiative amendment. They also have another case pending before them, which is the optometry practice um, referendum. And so they've got all three of those they're working on at the same time. And they're, they're, I'm sure they're going to get those out to us as quick as they can, uh, which obviously they'll want to do before the election. So what takes so long with the Supreme Court? I mean, the, the, the state Democrat, uh, Senate is supposed to be the most deliberative body. It seems like to me the, the Supreme Court many times is the most slow body. Well, you've heard that old saying, the wheels of justice grind, but they grind slowly. Um, the, the court has been on a summer break, and um, I'm sure they're going to put as much thought into these cases. Um, one of the issues in these two initiated acts is that the uh, sponsors did not properly certify the background, the criminal background check of their uh, paid canvassers. And whatever the court rules on that issue is going to be a, a precedent for all future cases on initiatives. So I'm sure they want to get this right. And they want to be very uh, deliberative about the way they write this opinion. And so I suspect, I don't know, but I suspect that's why it's taking a little bit longer in these two cases. Okay, since you're the attorney here, uh, Gary, we'll get your take and then Leslie's a take. Well, when, are, when can, do you think we can expect those? To, are you hearing anything through the grapevine? I have not heard anything, and that, that's typical of the court. They, they keep uh, everything you know, close to the vest. Rarely does a rumor get out about how they're going to rule on any particular issue. Uh, last Thursday, August 20th, was the deadline for the secretary to um, to certify anything to the ballot. And since this, these cases are pending in the Supreme Court, uh, the secretary is required to go ahead and put them on the ballot. And like Ms. Bellamy said, if the court rules that they shouldn't count, then those votes won't count. Um, okay, so we wait to see what they have to say. And Leslie, how does that, how does that, that kind of leaves you out there hanging, don't it? Well, a little bit. And honestly, Dave, we're kind of used to it. This happens about every time. <laughs> Uh, with one of them, you know, so uh, we're used to it. We'll just advise counties uh, when we get a ruling how to handle those results, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Okay. Hey, Dave, I've got a question. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Artie. Hey, I'd like to know the the uh, uh, SJR 15, the term limits amendment. I'm very interested in if that's going to make it on the ballot or not. Okay, on that particular, that's that's referred from the legislature, not from the people. And there's a lawsuit pending in Pulaski County right now uh, where the plaintiff in that case has challenged uh, that particular referral, claiming that it's misleading for a number of reasons. And that'll be just like these other two initiated acts. The um, Once the trial court rules on it, 
the, the side that loses will appeal to the Supreme Court, and they'll have to rule on that, whether it goes on the ballot or I mean, whether the votes count. It's already on the ballot now. We certified it last Thursday. So it is on the um, ballot. So okay. it, it is certified to the ballot, but the votes may or may not count, again, depending on the court. Now, since that deadline has passed from last Thursday, the Supreme Court's not under um, the gun to rule, particularly this week. They may or may not. Obviously, I think they'll want to rule before the election, so they've got a little more time now, but there's nothing pending since it's already been certified to the ballot. Well, thank you for that information. Whenever someone opposes a, a bill like that and thinks it's misleading that agrees with the, with the lawsuit, then uh, it kind of puts you in a position you really don't know how hard to roll up your sleeves and try to work against it or not. But it sounds like if you oppose this bill, we better get to work because uh, it's a 50-50 chance whether whether it'll pass or not. Yeah, that's a, that's the hardest part of this. If it's caught in legal limbo, uh, the, the, the people, whether they're fighting for or against, it, it really makes it difficult for them to to uh, deal with their resources. Would you agree with that, Leslie? Yeah, and, you know, basically what I recommend is just if you're for or against right now, you know, just keep pushing the way you've been pushing because uh, it could go either way. Okay, yeah, because you never know what happens with a judge. I'm just saying nothing against (laughs) judges, nothing against the legal profession, Gary. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. And, then, and whenever it gets in front of a judge, you just never know what's going to happen. When it gets in front of the Supreme Court, you never know uh, what's going to happen. So right now, how's it look, Leslie? What what's, what are going to be the initiated acts that are going to be on the ballot as of right now? Whether uh, the Supreme Court rules, we don't count the votes or whatever. What's going to be on the ballot right now? Well, Gary, correct me if I'm wrong, but it'll be all of them but the casino. So redistricting, the uh, ranked choice, and uh, the optometry uh, uh, referendum will be on there. And then the three were the referred. So the, the sales, that is correct. The sales tax, the um, the redistrict, or sorry, the sales tax. You the, know that the um, the the bill that that deals with. Um, Term limits, not bill, but the the, the it constitutional. Should say, it should say the lack of term limits. The, the, yeah, the, it, the, the change that's one thing that's wrong with it. it, it, it when it's something says it's for term limits, I mean this is, this is the best I can deal. It does away with term limits. It changes it, and so and then there's then there's one more dealing with the 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 method for collecting signatures to put initiated acts on the ballot. So, do we have any update on that particular one? Is that one still kind of in limbo in the courts? All three of the um, measures referred by the legislature. legislature are in limbo with the Supreme Court right now. Issue on the, the, on the, on the ballot is issue number one, which is the sales tax for the state highways and bridges. Issue number two will be the term limits. And issue three is the process we're talking about of getting initiatives and referenda on the ballot. Okay, and that's a, that's something that kind of it ties it up, so it's a lot more restricted and more difficult to get things on the ballot, right? Um, 
it, it definitely changes the way it's done. I don't have an opinion on whether it makes it more restrictive or not. That's a good answer from, from an attorney there. <laughs> well, and the thing is that he's he, he's in his official capacity right now. Exactly. It's, it's not really appropriate for him to be but, editorializing on, on whether or not it's a good piece it, of legislation. It sounds like what he said, though, of, Paul, is that HGR 1018, is it under scrutiny also, the, the, the sales tax? Is it under scrutiny by the courts also? Um, number issue number one, the sales tax is not. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. That one is definitely going to be on the va- ballot, and the vote for that will count unless there's a new lawsuit, which right now there are not. Thank you for that clarification. Can, can we donate ten dollars to a law, to a lawsuit? <laughs> All right. Bottom line is, uh, just figure everything's going to be on the ballot, and uh, it'll be up to the Supreme Court to say whether. Your vote will count or not. See, I don't like it when it comes down to that because that makes people think that that's the kind of thing that people start thinking that their vote doesn't count. I'm just saying if, if you're voting and then they say, well, it really doesn't count. That's not a smart way of doing it. And I would sure think the chief justice of the Arkansas Supreme Court and his and his other his uh, other justices would ex- would understand that. But it sure seems like they have a hard time at times uh, here in, in in this state. Gary, would you would you agree with that, that people I think if you put it on, if you put it on the ballot like Leslie has to put it on the ballot. But then the Supreme Court says, well, but we're not going to count the votes that. For the people of Arkansas, it's kind of like taking away your your voice in a way. The secretary doesn't have an opinion on that. Okay. All right. I understand. I understand that. Well, then take my opinion for it. It does. <laughs> What's that word? <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, Gary and uh, Leslie, thank you so much. I'm not going to keep you for an hour. We, we're not going to just say the same thing over and over and over. But, uh, Leslie, thanks for bringing us up to date. And, Gary, thank you for uh, being part of the Dave Ellswick Show since uh, John Thurston could not be here today. Thanks, thank guys. You. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. All right. Thank you very much. We'll let them get back to other things besides trying to answer my question <laughs> and ask him. But, I, you know, I, what do you guys say? And Wayne, let me ask you. You're the quiet one of the panel all the time. How do you feel if, if, if Leslie has to put it on the ballot and then the Supreme Court, because they dragged their feet for whatever reason, uh, steps up and says, well, you know, uh, we don't think it's constitutional. And because of that, people are going to vote on this, but we're just not going to count uh, the votes. Don't you think people feel like uh, their voice is being taken away, no matter which side of an issue you sit on? You know, you ask that of them, and my tendency is to say I don't have an opinion on that, <laughs> kind, of like, kind of like the Secretary of State, but, but I do. I think that uh, uh, you're giving the people a very short fuse to work with, um, and you're and actually getting out there and start start talking about it now, and that's you know put it out there in public. In other words, publish it, publish these, each of these ballot issues that are like going to be on there. There needs to be a deadline, and, and well, have a deadline for that, and then have a deadline. Say, look, maybe we need to go back to uh, the legislature. Says, look, say we need to back this up a little bit to where the the uh, the courts have a uh, a time period to have it out earlier, so people can you know actually see it on the on the ballot or not. 
All right. Got to get a break in 20 minutes after 7. Dave Ellswick's show. We're going to come back and talk more about this. I think it's a serious topic. I really do. And what can be done uh, to, uh, to change this whole uh, thing where the Supreme Court waits till the last moment and something's on the ballot, and then they say, well, yeah, it's on the ballot. It don't count. 721, your vote doesn't count for or against it. 721, Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, the answer. All right, we continue Dave Ellswick's show. We've got about uh, four minutes to rush Limbaugh. Uh, A caller uh, left a question with Heidi, and she said, uh, she asked, about term limits, are these true term limits? And if they are, is it for the state level or federal level? Well, let me tell you that since it's an initiated act that you'll be voting on, it's about the state level uh, that we're talking term limits. Artie, you've had the, uh, the terminology for this bill in front of you or this, this initiated act in front of you. Uh, what does it say? Can you, can you explain it without confusing everybody? Well, I'll try to sum it up the way I understand it is the best I can do. Uh, you know, the, the term limits got, uh, got extended in the uh, last issue three uh, in the same election that Donald Trump won the election at the same election. So the term limits got extended. So the way I read this bill is that you can serve 12 years in uh, the House and Senate. You can run 12 years. Then uh, you set out four years. And when you set out four years, then you can come back and serve and the way it's presented, uh, uh, being presented to us, you could come back and serve, you know, 12 to 16 more, depending on how the combination was. But, Dave, the way I read it, I don't see the, the trigger to cut them off on the, second, on the second 12 to 16 years. The way I read it, you can serve, you know, 12 to 16, depending on how the combination falls between the four and the two. And then whenever you take four off, you can come back and then uh, then you can serve uh, as many as you want to. But at least what it does is doubles the term limits for the state of Arkansas. So I can't say it does double the term limits. Uh, it may more than double the term limits. That's the reason that I've that I asked the people, you know, from this. Uh, Secretary of State's office to explain it to me the last time they were here last week, and uh, and uh, they didn't take a position on what it did or did not do for sure. But uh, I'd like to have it read by by someone that uh, that writes these bills. We could and call Alan Clark. Yeah, we could call Alan Clark since he's the right. one who was uh, behind this piece of of. Uh, of initiated action and uh, have him on next Monday. How do you guys think about that? That'd be good, good to hear his good. perspective. Because yeah. yeah, I've got the thing pulled up. On. I've got it pulled up right here. And so I think it's pretty clear that once you serve the allotted number of years, you have to take four years off. But it doesn't seem super clear to me, and I'm just kind of looking at it real quick here. It doesn't if seem super If you come back after four years. How long can you be there? Logically, you might think, well, it just starts. It just starts over, and you just you do your twelve years or whatever it is, and then you have to, as you could potentially just keep keep 
doing the four-year sit-out. And, and But I don't know if it actually requires a four-year sit-out after you've done the first four-year sit-out. Can you stay there the rest of your life? Well, or we'll, what's the deal? Find, we'll find that out next Monday because I'm sure Alan Clark will join us. I bet he'd be glad and, to. And, and he'll talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll be glad to do that. All right, we got to take a break because we got to get Rush. And then when we come back, uh, I've got that that uh, audio from Joyce Elliott that I talked about earlier where she blamed uh, black churches, black clergymen for uh, derailing LGBTQ uh, legislation uh, here in Arkansas. We'll have that for you as well. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay tuned. Rush is next. Hey, don't forget about PI Roofing. They are your roof leak detectives. They will fix your roof if you have a problem. And wherever you're listening in the state of Arkansas, uh, you can call them at 707-3551, 501-707-3551. And they're going to do all the social distancing, and they'll take care of uh, dealing with your in, uh, household insurance and, and all of that. They're experts at what they do uh they have put a new roof on my house plus they've done work on my my roof at times and uh, i have never had a bad thing to say about them i don't think you would either i can give you countless other names of people who have used them from residential to business they do the job and do it correctly the first time around. That's PI Roofing 501-707-3551 or visit them online, piroofing.com. All right, let's get back to our power panel. Iverson is here today along with Wayne, along with RD, along with Paul. Jan is taking about a month off, uh, not to uh, because she wants to, but she has a lot of things that are going on. And then with my vacation and everything else factored into that, uh, it will turn into about a month off from the air. And then she'll return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hopefully, by the time she comes back, we'll have things fixed up so that we're back on the Internet with our Mevo. That's the uh, device that we use to broadcast from the studio so that you uh, will be able to, again, watch this show live from wherever you are. Right now it's down. you got to do it on radio or you got to do it by podcast. That's just the way it works right now here uh, at the Dave Ellswick Show. So just stay with us on that. All right, now before I get to playing what I got from, from Kenny, uh, Kenny sent us a, a piece of audio uh, from Joyce Elliott uh, last Wednesday, I believe it was, when she was at the governor's presser about hate crime legislation, and she talked about how the black church has stood in the way of hate crime legislation, and we'll talk about that. But let's talk about the DNC for a second, because the RNC starts today. Uh, what did you hear from the DNC? Well, you heard that they're against fossil fuels. They want to stop fracking. Uh, uh, Biden and Harris and all the the voices of the Democratic Party are very clear about that. They want much higher taxes. They want new regulations. Uh, they want dictates on health care, energy, education, housing, 
and uh, finance. And uh, when you hear dictates, that means the government will play a bigger and bigger role. So the Democrats are staying with their tried and true formula, which is you can't live your life on your own without the federal government telling you how uh, to live it. What to expect from the RNC this week? Expect what you've seen, uh, you saw in 2016. Expect what you've seen over the last four four years. You're going to hear a president that wants uh, lower taxes or he wants taxes to stay where they're at. He wants less regulation. He already has done a lot of that. Uh, and he wants to make health care better. He wants to make, well, he can't do much more about energy. We're the number one energy producer in the world. Uh, he wants to uh, delve into education, housing, and finances. But all of the things that he talks about is the government removing their hands uh, from those topics. And two things you did not hear the Democrats talk about. If you're middle class... You didn't. And, and look, for years and years and years and years, since I can remember from the 50s on, the Democrats have always called them the party of the working man. They didn't say that this year. They didn't even, even hardly talk about the working man. Here's here's uh, Biden's whole thing about uh, jobs. I can create jobs. That's what he said That's all he said. That's all the DNC said. And then they didn't have a word to say about police nor uh, violence in the streets. So they're definitely not the the party of uh, pro-police and anti-violence. I guess you're going to have to look at them. And I hate to say this, but it's the truth. The the party anti-police and uh, pro-crime. That's where, uh, because if you're not against those things, then you're definitely for those things. Well, I think the the fact is this this Marxism, socialism type system that they're kind of advocating for is that is basically organized crime. Because the fact is that, that, you know, if if you and I did those things that they're wanting to use the government to do, we would be locked up and go to prison. And so instead of um, individuals doing them, they have government do it. But unfortunately, what's kind of happening is starting to happen is that well now some individuals are taking it upon themselves to do some of this same stuff. They're looting stores themselves instead of waiting for government to do it. Well, Lenin and, had to use the Bolsheviks to overthrow mm-hmm. the current governor and uh, government in Russia. So what you do, you take the people that are disillusioned and the people that are upset at society, and then they you pay them and you fund them and you arm them. To do your dirty work for you, and once they do the dirty work, then you come in and put in and your save own time. Save, save everybody. Then, then right. you come in and, and save everybody. So you have to create a problem. You have to fund the problem. You have to organize the problem. And even the mayor of Chicago had to admit that all this looting and all this terrorism in our city is an organized effort. Even the mayor of Chicago. Uh, admitted that so there is an organized effort for chaos and you saw in the democratic party you saw all kinds of black lives matter uh signs propaganda all wove into Mm -hmm. 
the uh, the Democratic convention. You could see it. They they weren't shy about it. They got firmly behind it, and I believe they are being used as a tool, much as the Bolsheviks were, to create chaos and to sow discord. Well, and I, and would I you think, believe? Would you agree with that, Iverson? You know, I think here's the difference between now and then is we have the internet, social media. Which is working for us. I sent you guys those a video. I, I, I think you got it, Dave, the one with the uh, preacher in uh, North oh, Carolina. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, loved it, the, North Carolina. So you, you know they can't they can't hide behind a lot of this stuff anymore because it's being exposed. The young lady that's running for um, uh, Congress in Baltimore, that area mm-hmm. there. I'm, yeah, we, Kim Clavick. Yeah, uh, Kim Clavick. We spent uh, Christmas in that area just this past year there, and and uh, my wife and I. 1990 when we were engaged we should go down to the inner harbor after church and sure. and just drive up park and get out and walk and it was so nice so beautiful and here 30 years later we go to take our kids down there well they're not kids they're all adults but I say hey i'm gonna take you guys where i used to woo your mama at you know <laughs> can you say that day yeah you can <laughs> okay <laughs> and we drove down there and it was so dark and gloomy and just just what you saw on the video with kim clavick that's exactly the way it was. We never got out of the vehicle. We turned around. We pulled up mm-hmm. to the Inner Harbor, and the first thing we saw was if, you know, you park here without paying us a $1,000 fine <laughs> and all kind of stuff like that. So, And gangs walk around. We just just drove back to where we uh, were staying, uh, mm-hmm. about 30 miles well, north. Some of, that, some of that is also true about here, Pine Bluff here locally in Arkansas. From mm-hmm. what I understand, it used to be a pretty thriving city, yes. and now there's parts of that city that are just – Basically abandoned almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah Baltimore has lost of uh, four hundred thousand people have left uh, Baltimore, Baltimore, yeah. the city of Baltimore. So they've already proven that their their policies don't work. And the President Trump, uh, well, depends, he's, he's, it might depend on what what you consider working. If if it's to, well, to make people more dependent yeah. and more um, and the people to, are not angry like you were talking about RD about the Bolsheviks, uh, the people now can see for themselves and some of those interviews they did with you know with the man on the street to say no we need the police and then one man that was so sad he said I've lost three sons to the streets that's of Baltimore right. I mean as, that right? as a parent mm-hmm. you know that's like a knife through the heart oh, yeah. he said I've lost three sons to the streets of Baltimore was, so he was pro-police yes wasn't he? absolutely everyone absolutely. on there was yeah he was on there so so you know and, and, and then of course with uh, the Republican Party, President Trump, what he's saying is not theoretical anymore. Four years ago, he said, this is what I'm going to do. Now he can say, this is what we have done. The proof is there. And the only thing that stopped the economy was this pandemic that we're in right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one. <laughs> All right. Got a, got a break. It's a quarter till uh, 8 o'clock. Let's do that. Then we'll come back and continue, and we'll hear from Joyce Elliott. Uh, who is running uh, for Congress against uh, French Hill and what she had to say about the black church on the Dave Ellswick Show. Twelve minutes till 8 o'clock here at 101.1 FM. The answer uh, last hour, I told you we had a a uh, cut from uh, State Senator Joyce Elliott and uh, candidate Joyce Elliott uh, for District 2 uh, congressional seat, and uh, she was talking this last Wednesday in the rotunda about how she has fought for hate crime legislation 
since at least 2000 or 2001. I'm going to play this for you. Listen closely because it was recorded in the rotunda. There's a lot of echo, so you got to pay really strict attention to it to hear everything that she said. Here's the state senator now. Uh, working on legislation, working on the hate crimes bill. Y'all, that was 2001. 2001. I was a lowly freshman. I came here with my expertise as an educator. But guess what committee I got on? Judiciary. So this bill was introduced in 2001 in the Senate, Senator Bill Walker. They passed the bill without any fanfare. It gets to the Judiciary Committee. Apparently, nobody else wanted to touch it and failed to me to shepherd this thing. I am a freshman in the Judiciary Committee. But it made sense. And this is a time I had to step up to do what I thought was right. The bill had gone well. It ran into a roadblock in the House Judiciary Committee. We could not get it passed. And the major reason we could not get it passed was because, unlike today, we had clergy who showed up to speak against the bill. Unlike today. It was a difficult thing to decide that I would have the option of getting this bill passed if I would remove from the bill anything to do with sexual orientation. And as a person who has prided herself since I was 10, that everybody ought to be treated right, that everybody should be equal under our laws, it's a tough decision. I knew. So I had to say to the to pastors and those who were against it for that reason, this is not the right thing to do. I had just walked out of my classroom in 2001 to work up here in this building. I didn't know how I could go back to my classroom and say to kids, kids, I just worked on a bill. But I agreed that it's okay to hate some people and commit crimes against them, but not other people. We do not have a hate crimes bill today, largely because I refused to take sexual orientation out of that bill. But I am proud I refused because... All right. There was a piece of audio. Equal? This whole legislation is... Is, is is based on the idea that, well, some people are, are, are more equal than others. This is not about equality. This is about giving special privileges or special protections uh, when someone's mean to someone because of their status. This is not about equality. All right. So Iverson, she said that was then, this is now, and the church won't stand against it now. Do you agree with that? I don't know where she got that information from. Maybe, you know, uh, I I have no idea. But that, as far as I know, has not changed among ministers that uh, not the ones that I know. And uh, to agree that that uh, someone with a sexual orientation different different than natural uh, what's natural law should get special privileges. I just don't see how that can uh, be reconciled with the church. Well, it's, it's really interesting to me is that hate, you know, they, they try to present hate crime legislation as 
giving more, give not more, giving rights to people who don't have rights. But under the law and the way it is written, they have the exact same rights under the law as everybody else. And uh, it's like when I listened to Leslie Rutledge last Wednesday and she made the statement, you know, enhanced justice. There is no such thing as enhanced Mm -hmm. justice. You can call it that, but justice is justice, period. You know, today we look at our principles and in our in our uh, uh, platform, the RPA platform. The equal and just enforcement of the law. Yep. Equal and just enforcement of the law. Why do you need anything else? Yeah, this is not equal. Apply it equally. Well, That's it. And, that, and look, Hendren said uh, in an interview, seems like to me last week, that this was letting other states know where we stand on this exactly stuff. Exactly what he said. It, it's it's nothing more than feel good BS. That's all this is. It does nothing. You know, it I, does I, I, nothing. I'm in Arkansas. If I want to be a Mississippian or a Texan mm-hmm. or an Oklahoman, I'd move. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be. Well, why would uh, we do those. this? I want to be in Arkansas. Is this just to make us feel better in a crowd of other states? I mean, what, what is the point here? You know, if. If I beat up Art, uh, Iverson, actually, if I tried, I might get myself beat up. But, but if I try to beat up Iverson because he's black, I, I might get extra penalties for that. But if, but if, I, if I beat him up because I don't like his shoes, well, it's, it's, I don't get the extra and penalties. And how do you know the difference? Right, unless I, unless I tell you. you don't. Well, one premises that they're taking is that we do not have equal and just balls on the books now. So they have, they're taking the premise that we do not have current law that protects people and we do not have equal and just laws to protect people so they're going at the premise that our laws are not just now but for for, yeah. for example I'm, I'm asking okay. i'm saying for example what when we say we don't have what is an example of an un, a law that's not equal a law that's not just i don't think there are necessarily that are based on these ideas but i think the, the some of the issues are that they will look at at um conviction rates mm-hmm. and and sentencing rates that are vastly different in some cases between races and and sexes and and, and i think there's a reality there yeah. but this doesn't address that you know let, let me give you an example and i had this conversation yesterday with someone uh remember the the they had the um two different courts for drug abuse they had you know the court where people using crack and then at the court where people were different drug sentencing powder powder cocaine powder cocaine now now why would you need two different courts drug use you know illegal drug use is illegal drug use so work on that but we don't need another piece of legislation fix that make it you know one court we don't need another piece of legislation i sat in on a a hearing i think it was last legislative session about that issue where where i think it was i can't remember powdered cocaine or crack cocaine the penalties were enormous for tiny amounts. It yes. was like 10 years for a gram. That's insane. And so people were sitting in prison for incredibly long yes. times. Well, I'd say from a very my, personal pretty, standpoint, pretty minor offenses. Uh, a, a, a person that I know, a uh, relative of mine, uh, you know, committed a crime some years ago. And the, uh, one of the uh, uh, prosecutors or one of the whatever guy was, he said if this was a different county, we wouldn't be looking at the minimum sentence. We'd be looking at 40 years, you know, oh, instead wow. of 10 years. And so those are things that need to be fixed in a judicial mm-hmm. system where you say, okay, 
uh, this judge, you go before him, and if you look different, then he's going to give you 40 years. So is that a hate crime? I think it is a crime. If, if you get two people commit the same, yes, inequality, two people commit the same crime and get one gets 40 years and the other gets 10 years. Right. Under that's the same a problem. Right. Under that's the a real same problem legal jurisdiction. Let's, let's, same re- legal jurisdiction. Let's, re- let's remember something. That when those bills were passed, it was during the Clinton administration, yes. and the man who was a senator that helped push those bills through was a guy named Biden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he, he he pushed through the the crack cocaine powder cocaine uh, duplicity. He mm-hmm. really did. He was he was all behind it. He's the guy who was behind and helped push the. Uh, uh, assault rif- rifles ban and all of that stuff. You know, listen to what he says. Believe what he says. He does what he says for the most part. And, Just and, keep that in mind. And his running mate, Kamala, from what I understand, she helped enforce those aggressively, did she not? Oh, well, if you smoked marijuana in California <laughs> and got busted under her uh, regime, you went to jail for a long, long time. Dave, real quick, you know what you were talking about, a statement that Hendren said. If you look up an article by the Associated Press on August the 19th by Andrew DeMillo, uh, they interviewed Hendren, and he said that uh, the, the You got the quote? Yeah, I've got the quote. Read it. I've got it pulled up here. It said, State Senate uh, – President, Senate President Jim Hendren said the proposal faced another difficult fight, but it was needed to send the right message about the state of Arkansas. The very next paragraph, they asked him a, another question, and he said that the hate crime legislation uh, is being one of the three th- that was important. But it says, even worse, the only state without the basic protections that the majority of Arkansas supports sends a horrible message about who Arkansas is, said Hendren, who is the governor's nephew. So All right, we're, uh, that's a we're going to come back and talk about that because that is such a false narrative that we have got to deal with it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That's coming up at 6 o'clock. Join us at 6 o'clock. You'll hear what we talked about because we're going to record it in an hour uh, here, 8 to 9, but we'll play it back at 6 Here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Dave Ellswick show after six o'clock right here on 101.1 FM. The answer uh, when we left our last hour in the morning at seven o'clock, we were talking a couple of things. One, we were talking about something that uh, Kim Hendren had to say about hate crime law legislation. And uh, we were talking also about the uh, DNC and 
talking about regulations and things of that nature, and I want to get back in that in a moment because the RNC is underway now, and I'm hoping that you'll spend time tonight watching what uh, Republicans have to say uh, to uh, the, uh, the American people because they're going to talk about issues. They're not going to talk about feelings. They're not going to do infomercials. Uh, these are people going to stand up and 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 say what they think and say what they they mean, and uh, that's coming your way. We'll have some RNC people on on Tuesday uh, to talk about uh, the RNC convention. But when we left, uh, we were listening to uh, uh, RD talk about what Hendren had said because they were uh, they they drafted up this. This uh, legislation. Now, why did they bring it up last Tuesday? And I, I have a, a, a complete feel for this. I'm just telling you, I know what's going on here. They did that to see the governor wanted to know how much support he had. Because this, this piece of legislation has been beaten time and time again since the 90s. And uh, if he, I think that if he thought he had the necessary votes to get it passed, you would have seen uh, the uh, uh, a special session be called by the governor, and this would have been on the special session. I don't believe they have that uh, those votes there. There's a lot of people standing against this piece of legislation, and the governor knows it. So I'll, I'll leave it with you guys there. Your thoughts about that. Is that what your friends are telling you? How many friends have you heard that are jumping up and down and saying, yes, hate crime legislation. This is exactly what we need. Just just to start off, Dave, I'll let you know and the governor know or anybody listening that the Lono County Republican Party passed a proposal. A resolution. A, a resolution, or thank you, passed a resolution in our last meeting last month that said the Lone Oak County Republican Committee stands opposed to hate crime legislation. So the Lone Oak County Republican Committee does not support it. Okay, have you heard of any other county uh, Republican uh, committees uh, who have sent this and or made this statement as well? I've heard of uh, legislators that, that have told me that uh, they were left out of the conversation. And uh, and how do they represent you when they they don't have a seat at the table to even discuss it? Why didn't they bring it up during the, the governor's presentation at the Capitol? Why didn't they allow allow the, uh, the opposing side stand up and say something? Uh, whenever your representatives and your senators are not uh, allowed to sit at the table and to discuss such issues, then uh, uh, where does that leave you? Are you being represented, or is the governor basically preventing you from being represented? Well, this is just a pep rally for the for this issue. I, I don't know that there was ever any intention to run this, even if it would pass. I think one of the things is that you know, if the governor was to call a special session for this, then the legislators could go ahead and rein in his power. So right now he's he's acting as a king in many mm-hmm. respects. And and when he um, declared the state of emergency for the state of Arkansas, and I think if he was to actually start a special session, the legislators would likely be able to get enough support 
to um, what does it take two thirds or, or 75 percent to, to vote to say, we you know, we're going to hear something else. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I think that might have might be one reason why he will, he will. There's no chance that he will call a special session about this. But I think it may just be more of a maybe maybe it's a way to stick his finger in the air and see where the winds, which direction the wind is blowing on this. Well, issue. Let me tell you what Dan Sullivan rained on his parade about this and other things. Uh, because they're bringing suit uh, against the governor and these powers that he says that he has uh, for the COVID-19. Good. And a very good possibility that the the courts are going to knock him down because of, uh, you know, a th- you know equal, equal uh, power for each branch of the gover- uh, mm-hmm. government. The governor has gone out of his way to enrich the power in the executive at the expense of the legislative. I, I, Iverson, I'm sorry. Let me, uh, I, I asked one representative Thursday night about that specific question. Is, is that uh, Don't you all uh, go up there and, and uh, have, you, have you requested an audience with the governor? And, and, and she told me, says, he won't even talk to us. Right. Iverson, how about your circles? We all... We all commented on our circles about hate crime. What, what do you hear in your circles about I'll say hate from, crime? I'll from say uh, from a ministerial uh, standpoint that, as I said before, people, everybody should be treated equally. And we don't need a legis- another law for that. We've got the law of God as part of what we believe as people. Whatever your sexual orientation is, I mean, that shouldn't make a difference, period. Whatever your color is, should make a difference, period. Everybody gets the same treatment. And if we do that, we don't need to spell out, you know, a different law for this, a different law for that. And, and I think as, as, as long as they're pushing it this way, then it's going to fail because we don't need any more laws for that, especially when you're talking about special treatment. And it's you're just so in just, discord. Just, yeah. And so in discord and it's, and it's still just uh, falling in line with this LGBTQ XYZ uh, agenda. And and most people, if a person, let me just say it like this, most of the people that just get up and go to work, they're not interested in all this other stuff. Uh, this is just headline things here because they get up, they go to work like everybody else. They live their life like everybody else. And, and quite frankly, some of this is just extra attention that they'd rather not have and just be able to live their life and be treated fairly like everybody else. You know, that's that's where I think that that goes. Sin is sin and right is right. So there it is. Well, Hendren said in this quote that Arkansas is the only state without these basic protections that the For majority who? of Arkansas supports. OK, let, let's stop right there, because that's important. What he's saying is that the law in in Arkansas sucks. That's exactly what he's saying. Well, if that's the case, Senator, then start writing some legislation to change that. Because hate crime legislation doesn't change that. Specific legislation that makes, uh, you know, under the law, equal treatment for anybody who's being criminally, uh, you know, treated uh, should take care of everybody. Yeah. Would everybody kind of agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's what we call equal justice under the, equal justice uh, under the law. Well, and that's that's the thing about a lot of these different issues like this is that you know there there's an element of intent with a lot of criminal statutes, but the reasoning for 
like if I if I go up and I and I I back over Artie Hopper with my truck, if it's an accident, that's a very different crime than if I do it on purpose. If I do it on purpose, it's like attempted murder. But if I do it on accident, well, it's an accident. I just it's an accident. Maybe it's my fault, so I need to be held accountable, but not in the same way as that, that if I did it on purpose. Now, this type of type of legislation is is getting further into the weeds by saying that well, trying to determine did I back over R.D. Hopper because I didn't like his the, the shirt he was wearing because it had a sports team that I didn't like, or did I back over him because he was the wrong race? That's irrelevant. I backed over him because I, I was trying to, and it was unjust and and, and was, was totally unjustified. That's that's the that's the relevant relevant information, not the reason why I hated him. Now listen listen closely what Hendren said. Artie, quote that again. Read that to okay. us. Okay, he said. Uh, he said even worse. The only state without these basic protections that um is that the majority of Arkansas supports. So majority, uh, the majority. So he's saying that. Failing to pass, I'll read the whole thing. Failing to pass hate crime legislation being one of only three, or even worse, the only state without these basic protections that the majority of Arkansas support. That's the whole quote. Basic protections. He goes further to say this sends a horrible message about who Arkansas is, said Hendren, who is the governor's nephew. That's the whole paragraph. So, Basic protections. I... I firmly believe you know i would hope that because look he's not going to come on my show and and answer my questions about this because the next question in an interview that you would say about basic protections you would look at him and say which basic protections are you pointing at Mm mm-hmm are they suggesting that we don't have these basic protections right now? That's what he's saying. Yeah, that's that's absurd. Of course, those protections are in the law right now. If, if someone goes and, and beats a fool out of a homosexual, they get they can be prosecuted under the current law. You don't need any special new law to do that. Now, if you want to punish them extra because of their um, their dislike for homosexuals, then yes, you need this extra this extra protection, this extra equality, if you will. Which well, is I have a question. How would you know if a person is homosexual or not? If something happens, you back over someone, you don't know them, you back over right, them. I just back over them because I don't like them. Oh, yeah. You know, so at what point do you dis- do you say um, they're homosexual? What if they, you, you know, there are people you know that you don't know what their sexual orientation sure. is. So how do you know? I tell you, all violent crime involves hate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, you don't you don't commit these type of crimes because you love the person. I mean, that's, that's the nature of these of this the, the the application to this is is always, from what I can tell, going to be a hate crime or a or something of, of an extreme negligence. Or Jerry, Jerry Cox made a good point in his statement. If you go to to uh, uh, on June the oh, it's his third day, June the twenty fifth, on a press release, uh, Jerry Cox put out there, and he says, you know. That the states that have passed these state crime laws, do they still have hate crime? Has, has it solved any problems? You know, this is another attempt to pass a law to change, uh, you know, morality yeah. and, and, and the way people using the golden rule. So right. you can't pass a law to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. This is a society problem that needs to go back to the preachers, whether no matter what color they are, and teach that all people are created equal and, and are 
and God is not a respecter yeah. of you persons. You know, the, the, the love song of the church, Amazing Grace, the love song of the mm-hmm. church. You know the history behind that song, the guy that wrote that song, uh, he was a slave trader. Yeah, and he was a horse. Yeah, no, no. Wilberforce was his friend. Uh, 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 what's the guy's friend? But uh, he was a slave trader. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and he got born again, and he spent the rest of his life, you know, trying to to get rid of that slave mm-hmm. trade, and just just so repentant for that. So it wasn't a law that changed this man. It was the preaching of the gospel and him receiving Jesus as his Lord and Savior that changed the man. That's the only way you can change a person's heart. You That's know. the only way we're going okay. to change this country. That's exactly right. And, and I think That's one of what the, you talk about, uh, simple protections, mm-hmm. is, a, is that what you feel in your heart is, is a simple protection. It's not a law. It, well, it's not. It's not a, All right. Okay, Paul, wait. Okay. <laughs> All right, we've got to take a break. We'll come back and we'll continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I want to get to Wayne Beach uh, as well in the next segment. Because uh, on Facebook over the weekend, there was some stuff out there about uh, defunding the police. It, uh, I want to get in there and clean it up so that you know exactly what was going on. Because with, as with a lot of things, things that are reported at times are not accurate. So we'll get to that and talk about it with Wayne. That's all coming up here as we continue on the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM, The Answer. Back with you here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Glad you're with us. Uh, Power panel in today. Iverson Jackson is here. We also have uh, Wayne Beach, R.D. Hopper, Paul Calvert, and myself. We've been talking about hate crime legislation. The governor brought it up last Wednesday in a presser in the rotunda. I believe he did it to start measuring the temperature out there, whether he wanted to push for a special session to deal with that. And then he got slapped on Friday uh, with a lawsuit that's going to be filed against him dealing with his executive powers during the pandemic. And he's got a whole lot more things to worry about now than he had then about hate crime legislation. Uh, Everybody you've been listening to here on this show are adamantly against uh, hate crime legislation, not only for what it is, but what it can lead to. And we have talked about that in the past, so I won't belabor that point. (laughs) What I'd like to do is to talk with uh, uh, Wayne Beach because he had a piece on uh, the uh, uh, Internet uh, or on, uh, on Facebook dealing with defunding the police. He had brought this piece up and then he went out and did uh, some uh, study on it and found out uh, not everything in that article was true because it was kind of a thing saying, well, yeah, you thought that defunding the police was only something happening, you know, in the big cities. Don't you believe it? It's also happening here. And uh, they got involved in some stuff going on up in in Vietnam. So, Wayne, let me let me let me turn it turn it over to you so that you can you know bring this uh, full circle and bring it up to date okay because <laughs> i have has more news since since i sent you Good. that uh taxi uh, uh last night is that first of all it it appeared when you first read it that they were completely defunding the police at fayetteville the city council was 
and they they did this uh their meetings are on tuesday night typically uh and and this went into the wee hours and wednesday morning like two two thirty or something like that the next the next morning uh and they decided to uh table it uh and there was some uh uh some folks had said well they table because they just want to let it expire and and uh then they don't have to do anything about it okay now in the meantime they just announced last night that they were going to, or recently that they were uh, uh going to hold another meeting this Wednesday uh afternoon around 2 something Wednesday afternoon uh to discuss this again you might want to look it up on uh I put it on my Facebook page but uh you might look it up it's I'm trying to find the uh where I had it trying to find your post yeah trying to find that post that's not right. easy to do. I know. It's not like you don't post anything. I don't put anything on there at all. <laughs> I pay somebody to put all that stuff on there. Yeah, you do. I know you do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so just just from what you remember, uh, you know, use your own words to say what they're saying here. Well, it looks like they were they're trying to uh, uh, basically refuse a grant. It's a matching matching grant federal grant to okay. uh to fund the drug task force okay drug task force is made up of a regional uh uh team uh it's funded by by all of the of the uh, municipalities as well as the counties to uh, uh they put their money up and it helps and then the federal matching funds comes in and helps that out um Fayetteville just want to drop out of it the rest of them, I don't think they they really want that, but they were talking about uh, they were going. To, the people that are pushing it were talking about going to every municipality and pushing it, uh, pushing the same issue at the other municipalities uh, and and counties uh, to try to defund the drug task force. And it it kind of goes along with that that uh, uh, that same narrative that let's defund the police. Okay. Uh, it's going to be interesting. They're going to they're going to uh, uh, live stream that uh, that meeting and uh, this Wednesday, and they're also going to have if you have a comment, they're going to have a uh, Zoom that you can call in and get a Zoom number and uh, and actually say something to the to that uh, that city council. Um, but anyway, I think it'll probably be resolved. Uh, you're going to know the know the answer because it's almost like they called an emergency meeting. The following week, after they they made this other uh, uh, announcement of, to table it. Okay, so let me ask this question. I'm going to kind of get in and and kind of wiggle between the the lines of what you're saying. Is it your feeling, gut feeling, that they really want to defund the police, but they're using this as an opening salvo, and they're going to pursue it with due haste on Wednesday? Yes, I think that's what's happening. Okay, all right. All right, because let's all remember, when you go to Vietnam, the way that they do things is not typically the way things are done in the rest of the state. And the folks in Fayetteville and in Eureka Springs have been at war with our legislature for several years now. All right, a break, and then we're going to be back here uh, with another long segment, so we got still a lot more time to, to go here 
on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's 6 o'clock hour on the radio here on the, the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. We return with the power panel after this. Okay, another segment of the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Wayne, thanks for bringing us uh, up to date on what's going on as far as uh, uh, the Fayetteville City Council because uh, those people are, are as left as they come. I mean, they, that really is a, a lefty group up there. From the reading that I did, there was only really one person fighting for the, the police department up there. Everybody else uh, was looking to uh, defund. And look, if you get rid of a grant, it, it, it defunds something. Uh, in this case, I guess drug-related uh, uh, abilities for the police in uh, the Fayetteville area, and they're wanting to spread that out through all of northwest Arkansas. Here's the thing I, I really want people to understand, and I'll let you guys talk about this. In national elections, we are as red as red can be. But when we get into the fights of the uh, quorum court and the city governments and whatnot, the people sitting on those particular uh, governing bodies are as blue as blue can be. They really, really are. And so we've got to you got to quit, you know, voting for Jack because Jack is your buddy. Mm-hmm. and uh, find yeah. out what Jack really believes because, mm-hmm. you know, Jack may not know Jack. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, and that's, that, I think that's a, a major problem throughout Arkansas and a lot of places is that, look, Conway elects Jason Rapert. He is arguably one of the most conservative people in the area from a, from a um, social standpoint. Um, very, he's very um, vocal. Um, he's a lightning rod for things like abortion, homosexuality, things like that. He's opposed to those things. I appreciate him for that. Um, However, Conway elects Jason Rapert, or a large part of Conway elects Jason Rapert, from what I understand. And yet, the city council in Conway, from what I can tell, they're they're competing with Fayetteville on their nut jobbery from from a um, left-wing standpoint. Conway's got got problems. Look, the reason that happens is... What's Conway got as far as uh, universities? They got you know, UCA, UCA they got Hendricks, and whichever, what other one? CBC is the other one, which is a Baptist university, mm-hmm. a Baptist college, and I think they would that be considered. That don't matter, I'm just saying. <laughs> you may be right, but my, my, impression, no, of, right. <laughs> my, my impression of of CBC is that they are, really are pretty conservative, but I may be totally wrong about that. Just but, always but remember, Baylor University was started by the Southern Baptists, and it ain't nothing <laughs> like the Southern Baptist Convention. No, and I, I think I think it's fair. But the thing is, though, that CBC is pretty little compared to um, Hendricks and, um, and UCA, especially. I'm pretty sure that you know, not to pick anyone out, but I'm pretty sure the prayer that was led at the beginning of the Democratic Committee was done by the president of the Southern Baptist Association. And but at least they had a prayer and they did refer to God. That's a positive thing. But wow. I don't think that their platform uh, could be supported by any religious organization. In my in my opinion, well, the Democrat Party is a religious organization, isn't it? 
the religion but, of socialism well, and, and big government. And. But anyway, but as far as these small boards, I've been on the quorum court before. It's always easy to raise money and to ask for more taxes. It's very easy to do. And you usually find a Democrat that's running the the funding or the budget. And uh, and they always think, hey, you know, uh, let's just spend more money, spend more money, and, and, and not put any restrictions on it. Anytime you say the legislature, to the uh, elected officials as the council, you know, we're going to cut your budget and we're going to restrict what you can pay some of your people depending on the the level of job that they're doing. Uh, the elected officials, no matter what their priority affiliation is, they, they do not like that restriction on the budget. And uh, it seems like they always want to pay more and they always want to increase the budget. And and they want to pay taxes, but Dave, your favorite saying is what it's you know it's 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 hard to cut money. And uh, what do you say about legislation? It's hard to legislate, but it's easy to raise taxes. No, yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's tough to govern, right. but it's easy to raise taxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's very very true. It's, it's a that's the easy out is to raise taxes and then waste people's money. And they they do it all the time. Here's what's going to be interesting, and Wayne, you and I uh, both have talked about this countless times, and and that is I want to see how they're going to change their narrative, the left, because their narrative on the left has been for years now that we need more money so that we can support the police, the firefighters, the EMTs, etc., the first, the first responders. Now they're trying to cut that money. I want to know what their narrative is going to sound like. <laughs> we need more just, money for parks. The thing is, is when you confront them with with the hypocrisies that they they come up with, they 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 all they can do is is basically reduce the conversation to calling you a racist or oh, well, or that, something else. And, well, they sound like they sound like a motorboat tied up at the pier. But but, but, <laughs> but, but, but that's what they sound like. That is funny to wow. think about, Dave. That's, had, that's a pretty had, good description. I, I had well, I had, I had not thought about that because that is a a a way that they they snooker people into raising taxes well we need we need more money for police but now if they've got the if they've got that as the, they, they throw that out as an argument well we, we're not going to fund the police we're going to actually reduce funding for them how are they going to snooker people into voting for higher taxes well, I, yeah I, that's I, a good question i like that strategy as it's going because you know we have new york police uh, association uh uh Endorsing Trump, <laughs> and so I, I like what that. the Democrats are doing. This is I great. Just, I could just you know, first time in all those decades that they've uh, endorsed the, the, someone. The, a, so that's great. A, a huge union in the in the middle of one of the Imagine, most left wing cities in the union. country. A union is that, is, the, is that a police union in the yeah. most left wing yeah. city? One of the most left wing cities in right. the country is going to endorse Trump. How did that happen? I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, same thing in Chicago. Yeah, you had the Border Patrol that, uh, what was that, that endorsed him before? Yeah. And so, yep. you know, all these police wow. agencies that are endorsing the president. You know, this was something that really stood out to me, is how many how many uh, pastors and preachers are praying over Biden right now? We pray for him. We pray we for do. him all the time. But I'm talking about, you, are you praying for Biden uh, to... Uh, what I'm saying is that are you praying for him to come to a realization that Repent. that his policies are out there and he needs to he needs to rein him back in, or are you praying for him 
to to continue what he's doing. You pray for his eyes come open. You pray for his protection, for right. protection of his right. family, those things like that. You pray for him to have a good life after this election is over and he has plenty of time on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Bible does tell us to pray that well, the yes, people that you laughing, the, 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 the Bible does tell us to pray for our leaders yes. and it tells us to pray that they will lead in a way that we can worship God in peace. That's right. right. Yes, the well, because government, government is supposed to make it so that we can lead peaceful lives mm-hmm. and uh, and worship as as we see fit. Now, that's been changing over the years. I think everybody would agree with that. Uh, I I think that the Democrats just have a real hard time right now because they've not spoken out about all the violence. They haven't talked about the middle class workers and uh, the president and uh, the people who support him are going to spend an inordinate amount of time speaking about those very issues this week yeah yeah you would think they would come out and say that violence is not the answer to this problem Mm -hmm. you'd think they would at least say you know we hear your pain we have work to do there are issues to be solved within maybe some of the police Mm -hmm. forces there are issues to be solved but violence is not the answer you would think even if you were supporting this group you'd say we don't want to be thought of as the bad guys we want to be thought of as the good guys that are trying to improve society so you well, know, on the I left was, though on the left now uh rd you can't come out and say uh that some police officers are good guys i mean the first day of the dnc last week that's exactly what biden said and the left just pilloried him and lit him on fire because they want to make the two percent of the country the majority yeah they want to make the two percent the majority yeah. and whenever it comes to whatever issue that it is they want to blow up the two well, percent and make it look like the two percent is 50 well, percent that, and it's that's, not that's one of the problems with people in general it's kind of human nature thing is that when we see a problem we want to say well everybody you always do this or everybody always yeah, does that as, as, as opposed to saying this man did this thing that was wrong. We need to hold this person responsible for his own personal actions. Personal Instead, accountability. Personal accountability wow. is the issue. And so <laughs> so we have a tendency over the last few decades to say, well, we're gonna no. we're gonna have no, this, corporate accountability. Right, we're gonna have we're gonna have group accountability as opposed to personal res- responsibility and personal accountability. And so we we decide to we're gonna pass laws to make it so we're not going to hold this person personally responsible in the same way. We're going to actually punish an entire group of people or, or maybe subjugate an entire group of people so that this can't happen again. We can't have people with liberty so that they can make decisions that might hurt other people. We need to make it impossible. We're going to, we're going to take away the steps that ever get, get them to the, to, the, to the point where they could possibly hurt someone. How much longer are we going to be allowed to drive cars because someone might get hurt? Or maybe we're going to drop the speed limit down to 25. We tried to, that, remember? Well, was, well, you weren't. It was 55. You, yeah, you may have been I, old And I was enough. probably in, in diapers maybe <laughs> but back, I remember in, the, back in the 80s. Yeah, take it but six I remember weeks hearing across about the country. I remember like hearing about that. Wagon but the again. thing is, though, that you know, on principle, you could look at it and say, well, we could save thirty-five or 40,000 lives a year if we would drop the speed limit down to 25. Is it worth it? No. no. Because... There are acceptable losses. But, you know, going back, this is a, a, a Republican part of Arkansas, one of our principles, individual responsibility and, and initiative. Right. 
We, and right behind that is individual freedom and liberty secured by a limited government. That's not divisive, is it? No. That's not divisive. No. Because, no. you know, everybody wants a different level of something and whatever you want. Sure. Uh, some people choose to go to school. Others choose not to. Some folk want to just hang by the creek bank and sure. with a straw well, in their mouth. And, and, and some of us are And hope somebody to come back and feed them. I'm cool with a guy that wants to do that or a gal that wants to do that. Just don't come and knock on my door at you time. feed them. Right. And the thing is, though, so many of us have different standards of what we want out of life. Right. And that's okay. If, if I want to live in a cardboard box... And and um, and cook out of a tin can, over um, over sticks that I'm burning. Yeah, that's perfectly acceptable. Perfectly, you know. But but the Those fact are is, your sticks. Go- right, right. <laughs> but government comes in, and, and, and the left, and even people on the right come in and say, you know what? We need to raise your standard of living. It's just not acceptable for you to live that way. You've got to you've got to live in a place that costs at least six hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Isn't Pelosi trying to do that right now with that $25 billion that she, Housing she put in Housing program or something? Y'all need this money. Well, and that's the thing is that, 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 that people, maybe somebody wants to live very a very simple life and, and allow people to make decisions. If I want to buy health care from, from someone who has the, the um, technology of the 1800s, why is that illegal? Yeah. Why well, if, it? if I want to. It doesn't give power to the state. Right. It doesn't right. give and that, power and, to the and state. That, and that's the thing is that or the money. government can't come in and rescue me from this big bad dragon that, that that might leave a big scar on me instead of instead of having this this latest plastic surgeon that's going to fix me. Why can't I go to an army medic to get medical medical care? I'm going to quote the Eagles on this one. <laughs> Every form of refuge has its price. <laughs> <laughs> but let, let's try freedom. Why can't we have freedom? You know, you mentioned Army thing, and I just think about, you know, military, uniformity. Mm -hmm. If you want uniformity, that's a good place to go. Join the military. You're all dressed alike. Everybody's hats the same, coats the same, boots the same. All got the same haircut. Same same haircut. (laughs) And they will kick you in the head if you mess up. Now, you you guys remember what President Eisenhower said. He said... If you want free health care, if you want free meals, if you want a free place to sleep uh, and all of that. Free clothes. Go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> You'll That's get it all. You got it all over head. But you get the same thing out of the military, too. But, you know, during the Depression and different times, I had family members that went all across the United States. And that's another thing I'm seeing is if you're in a community and the technology changes where the farm doesn't need as many workers as it does, then there's an economy somewhere else. On a free market economy, you have to move where the jobs jobs are. and. Whenever you're trying to support people and they stay where they're at, where they're those jobs, that's called socialism. Mm-hmm. So for, for the Republicans and everybody else, let's try the free market system and capitalism. That means right. that if where things are good and there's jobs, that you send people, the people Absolutely. will naturally go right. there. The government and, and does the, not the, have to get involved. The cool. All right. right. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it right there. <laughs> Got to get a break. And we're going to come back, and we're going to talk more, but we're not going to talk about socialism. Sorry, that's not going to that's not that's not going to happen for you, Paul. We're going to come back and pick up a different topic when we return here at the Dave Ellswick Show. A segment on the Dave Ellswick Show today, and uh, my thanks to my power panel, Iverson Jackson, uh, of course, R.D. Hopper, Paul Calvert and Wayne Beach, who have all come in and sat in the studio today. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, 
to sit on uh, radio and say what you think and put it out there for people, uh, that's no small thing anymore. Uh, and, and I'm not just talking about the cancel, cancel uh, culture. I'm talking about Antifa and everybody else that's out there that, uh, you know, to be honest, might decide maybe we need to, you know, you know, beat the rest of the hair that's on the top of your hair off of you, Wayne. <laughs> I don't know. I just you just got to be you got to be really careful. And I think that's why a lot of people don't say what they really feel or what they really mean because they don't want to get sideways with those kind of people. But when they go into the polling uh, booth and they're there by themselves, it is my belief and it is uh, what I've been saying to people for uh, several, several months now, that the majority of Americans don't want this violence in the streets. They want somebody who already built the uh, economy up one time and will turn around and rebuild it a second time. And uh, that's why they'll cast their vote uh, for the reelection of Donald Trump, period. The biggest sale on that, uh, Dave, I think, is promises made, promises kept. Yep. Yes. And you can't beat that. I mean, that that is a... a how many times have we run into political uh, politicians or just you they, know, career they, politicians they call for that told government. us one thing? Once they got elected, they did something completely right. opposite. Well, one of the one of the proofs of that is that Donald Trump actually hired Dan Greenberg from here in Arkansas to to work mm-hmm. on um, I think occupational licensing type reform or reducing government regulations. Now, Dan Greenberg was one of the um, strongest advocates for reducing government here in Arkansas when he was um, um, working in the legislature, kind of like I do, when, and he was probably more effective than I was, but <laughs> I am, but but he, he would he would work with legislators, and he was a legislator himself at one point, but he would work with legislators to try to um, reduce government, and I appreciated him for that, but now he's working in the Trump administration doing that same thing from what I understand, and the fact that Donald Trump brought him on board, I think is pretty solid evidence that that you know he's trying he's actually doing something another another uh arkansan and washington judd deer judd deer who was with the attorney general's office as a spokesman for leslie rutledge is now a spokesman for donald trump you'll you'll see his name in the news uh from time to time as he speaks out for uh the administration but uh, i think you know the R- the RNC has everything to win this week. Mm-hmm. They really do. This is their their opportunity to shine, and I think they're going to sh- uh, shine. Laura Trump has been in in charge of the RNC uh, as far as the uh, convention goes. Of course, the uh, Republicans making it very very clear that they are paying for everything uh, on this convention. And Donald Trump, when he gives his acceptance speech, evidently from the White House, they're paying for any costs that that Incurs. entails mm-hmm. as well. So, is, so it, is this is this going to still have a live audience? Yes. Cool. Yes. Well, I, th- that, I think that's what's important. And I, I think it is important because I think that's one of the things that that made the Democrat convention just kind of look so flat is that it, it, live audiences are important for these things. I, I think it I think it makes a difference. Well, when you tuned in to the Democratic National Convention, if you tuned in on the Internet 
early. I mean, the networks weren't carrying anything. But if you carried, if you looked at any of the stuff, let's say from, I don't know, let's just say 11 o'clock up to 5 o'clock Eastern time, you saw everything that was directed towards the leftist Mm -hmm. part of the Democratic Party. They never backed off of that stuff. They just put it on the Internet where they talked directly. They preached to the choir. That's what they did. Uh, In the evening, they tried to pull the wool over people's eyes like they've done for many, 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 many years and uh, tried to say, we're not that Democratic Party, we're this Democratic Party. And I I just made this statement uh, a few weeks ago. If you want to see the difference of the Democratic Party, Look no further than Chicago, Illinois, when the people rioted on Michigan Avenue, were driving cars into some of the the most uh, biggest and expensive stores there on Michigan Avenue and going in and looting and pillaging. And if there have been people there, I'm sure there have been rape and all kinds of stuff. Look at how it was dealt with by Lightfoot. Uh, the uh, uh, mayor now, and then think back to the uh, 60s and the early 70s when Mayor Daley, the boss, was there, and tell me they didn't believe in law and order. They believed in law and order then. They don't believe in law and order now. Hey, thanks so much, guys, for being with us. I appreciate you joining us today. Iverson, thank you. Wayne, thank you. Personal thanks to R.D. and Paul. I'll see you at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. Yes, sir.